shit, I gotta put up the logo first. Ah, Fuck, what a start. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I just stopped three. myself from swearing, and then you just went fuck. <laughs> yeah. uh, you and Lou are the only two people to check if that's okay on you. <laughs> and honestly, cool. you're both pussies for it, so. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at how I'm dressed. <laughs> how am I a pussy? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Thanks. That's when you know. That's when you know you're funny. You got the camera guy laughing. <laughs> that's when it's Grayson Edwards. Okay. That's me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Grayson camera guy Edwards. Okay, so now that we've turned off the speakers, we've I've opened the episode by calling my guest a pussy, <laughs> with no grounds to call him that at whatsoever. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, not that the audience knows of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they're not going to be able to pinpoint you anyway. There's no way in... There, there's about two things they would guess on first impression of you sitting in that chair in that outfit of what you might be wanting to talk about. It's either fishing or... or fishing, hunting, my time in the Boy Scouts, yes. which is a real thing. Let's start there. You want to start there? We can talk about that. Move if that's on. what this whole episode becomes it about. It becomes a bo- about the Boy oh, Scouts of God. America. They need good press these days. Yeah, they they, have, they are in deep. They are in deep. Oh god, that was not the expression. That, oh, <laughs> that was not the I expression. I didn't think about it until you said yeah. that. Oh, you. All right. Well, now I we am a fun. proud Eagle Scout, though. For the record, yeah. for the record, I am happy. You are. <laughs> that was very. That was a pregnant pause there. <laughs> you didn't lose a little bit of pride. Just a little bit of your a well, couple see, so feathers I, fell out after I the I after the reports of it. Well, no, like I haven't lost pride in what the organization actually stands for, but I've lost mm. like a little bit of faith in not faith in humanity, but just like, man, you think some things are sacred, you know? Yeah. yeah. But but honestly, like, and not to like you know bash any like religious beliefs or organizations or mm-hmm. anything, but it's like even the things that you think would be above that aren't because they're still run by people and yeah. people are capable of bad things. Yeah, with, with priesthood, though, it's honestly, like, the, especially with the Catholic Church, like, having, being, like, forced to marry the church, you know, that being a part of yeah, the, that's the a system. Thing. And yeah. I, that that makes a little more sense to me. I mean, not, not in the sense ethically it doesn't no. make any sense. No, but, but, like, how that could happen. Exactly. Like, yeah. there, I, I think... I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't personally. I don't think it's good to completely bottle up your sexual energy, and and right. I think you don't. That's why you don't see these things in a lot of other um, uh, cr- Christian sects. Is like the the whether it's a pastor or, or a minister or whatever. You don't. There's not astronomical numbers of children being abused, but yeah, yeah I, I yeah that's 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 I seem more baffling and, but I mean I guess it's really not because. I mean, obviously, like you said, it, it's what's crazy about it is you think it's a it's one of the hopefully it should and it's been thought to be one of the safest and yeah, like yeah um, respected like communities to grow up in as, as like as a kid. Um, and I can and, speak only from my own experience. Mm-hmm. My experience is what it should have been. Yeah, like I didn't good. experience any of that. So is mine in the Catholic Church. Uh, in the, so then, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like at least in that regard, bad things happen. <laughs> like if you let's say. If you are a truck driver, which I am not, but, but I look which, like one. It was a total if, turn, twist of fate there to if, the audience when you go as a truck driver. As a truck driver. Which I am not. Which I am not. If you are a truck driver, though, and you find out that a truck driver somewhere murdered someone, does that mean that the institution of truck driving right, is flawed down. and bad and, yeah, right, and you should right. shut it down? Yeah. No. Right, yeah, right no. 
Yes, it's correct. <laughs> correct. You should not yes. shut it down. Yes, like, we're on the same page. Like it's it's yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess I mean that's a it does it does kind of make I don't know how the hell this is our opening time. Yeah, this Jesus. is not what we're this is not what this is. How many different <laughs> in, in, uh, institutions can we? Pick out that <laughs> molested children. Man, we really are just riffing today. Yeah, I guess so. Well, that's the thing. This Ooh. is what happens when you've been talking for an hour before recording. I know. Is this you? You start on. How do fuckery. we segue into the real conversation now? Um. There was well. First of all, <laughs> not over ten minutes yeah. in. My guest today is <laughs> Nick Martin. Oh yes. Hey. That's like, fuck it, who cares? Do we really need an... Well, you're an actor, I do want to mention I that. would like to be introduced, Joey. Yeah. Not because... Not even necessarily for your name, because that'll be, like... That will be on all of the tagged things. Oh, great. That will be clear before people even listen to that. My name so. out there. Bright lights. Yes. But, on the marquee. Yes, exactly. We'll just change the logo to... Just says my, my <laughs> Nick name. Martin. Just says Nick Martin, no Nick, picture. Nick wide open. Nick... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> Anyways. One week will be ass cheeks wide open. Welcome back to. I really just want to do that so I can say welcome, welcome back. Welcome back to ass cheeks, cheeks wide open. open. <laughs> and you just lost ten of your <laughs> <Yep>. viewers. <laughs> if this were a, a Instagram live, that many people would have just dropped off. I feel like eventually, when we do get on to the part of the conversation that this is really going to be about, mm -hmm. and then you title the episode off of that. But then the episode starts with all this <laughs> stuff about Boy Scouts and the Catholic <laughs> Church. People will. Riot. We'd be like, wait a minute, this is a lie. This is not what I came for. I was, there was no trigger warning on this whatsoever. I was not ready. Oh, God. Oh, no. But you know what? Fuck it. I'm glad, I'm glad this is, this is where we are. This we're floating, in, we're floating in the chaos we're right now. We're floating, like, in space. In space. <laughs> Float. We were just talking about nihilism before this, too. We were so. talking about nihilism, yeah. Is that the direction? Well, well I don't... Uh, I don't. I feel like I'm qualified to talk about nihilism because I'm not a nihilist. Well, so. that's. A, I think. I don't think there's. I think the idea that you're not qualified to talk about things because you haven't studied them as much as an expert is kind of a flawed way of thinking, in my opinion. I do okay. understand it. I think it's a good idea. I mean, as far as like who should have, um, I guess the most respected and valued voice in the game, like those experts are vital for that. Yeah, but for sure. I think for it to be something that. I think when more people, like, uh, are involved with it and are confident enough to talk about it, because everybody, I think that's, a, Monty and I kind of talked about this in a couple episodes ago, about um, feel, uh, starting to create icons out of people just because they know more than you, being uh, not, not necessarily helping you as an individual as much to be confident in the, the things in, that you do know, even if you know knowledge. less. Yeah. It still can be, you can still have very profound thoughts even as a, well, yeah. a, I mean, a general people, person. If, if people didn't want to hear me talk about the things that I'm passionate about just because I don't have a degree in it, that would suck. That would you know? suck. That would be weird to only be able to be talking about, like even in your like close relationships, if, you tried to bring something up outside of what you're, you're professional at, and they're just like, what are you, what are yeah, you doing? No, no, I'm no, not no. interested. Yeah, your opinions are invalid. <laughs> yeah. You don't uh, even have an associate's degree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I think, I, I, I don't know, I'm hesitant to just go straight into science, because that's, that's what everyone's expecting. I don't want to just... Everyone. Everyone, the Every, millions of people at home. Yes, yes, all of them. <laughs> they heard the name Nick Martin and they thought, "Oh yes, 
<laughs> this truck driver's gonna talk to me about <laughs> It's an intuition. You don't even have to know. You you just you hear the name Nick Martin. You're like, oh, that's he's going into science. In he's certain circles, science. that is true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. For those of you who don't know me, I'm that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is even more funny, just because you'd think it would be would be acting would be the first thing people would go into, but maybe that's well. Maybe that's not expected of any actor in I did. the first place. Here's the thing. So last year, uh, we had to write one-person shows. We took a class called OPS, one-person show. Yes. Good. And, and for weeks and weeks and weeks, I was like, I'm not going to write about space. not going to talk about space. not going to talk about like universalism and like my romantic views about it. Because that's what people were expecting, and fuck that. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to write about something that... Caught people off guard, but not just for the sake of catching people off guard, you know. Mm. But I, what ended up happening was, I did write a play, kind of about space, but it ended up being more about why. I chose to be an actor, mm-hmm. even though it seems like I love science so much, mm-hmm. and I would love nothing more than to be a scientist. And so my play became about like that paradoxical nature of what my interests are mm. and the play be- was entitled this is not about space <laughs> but, but it ended up being mostly like i mostly talked about like science and my view of the universe but mm-hmm. then i kind of segued it into what i think it means to like live a fulfilling life and then from there i was like and the reason i chose to be an actor is because i felt like that would be how i could lead a fulfilling life mm. and i I think that in the 12 to 15 minutes that we got to, you know, for our slot to mm-hmm. put on the show, I think I, at least I said to the audience what I would have wanted to hear surrounding that subject. Yeah, that yes. And it, you know? when you go there for entertainment value. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that's like, that can still, science can be entertaining, obviously. There's plenty of, I mean, Neil deGrasse Tyson oh, is a perfect example of someone who I think a great educator has to be entertaining. Yeah. And good theater, even if some people, so here's the thing, too. Some people like to write theater to educate or influence change or, or to promote a social agenda or whatever, and it's all good. Mm. Um, what You know, you can agree with it, disagree with it, whatever. But at the end of the day, every beginning theater, history, theater studies sort of course I've ever taken has said, a play's got to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. If people aren't entertained, they won't listen to what you have to say. Mm. And the play that I'm in right now, An Enemy of the People, is it's a highly political play. Mm. But um, people come out of it, like peop- I, it's in the round, and we're encouraged to sort of acknowledge that the audience is there, and I see people fully engaged, eyes wide open, you know, minds wide open. <laughs> hey. <Yeah. laughs> um, and, and like, you, you got to entertain first. Yeah. If you can entertain someone first, then you can stimulate thought in yeah. whatever subject you want to. It's a perfect formula for overcoming preachiness, honestly. I, yeah. need to, I need to keep that. And it is like, I mean, it kind of sounds, sim- it is more simple than it is to, in theory than it is to pull off. I mean, for sure. Obviously, I mean, entertaining. And that's a lot of what our, process, but... our classes as an actor are about, mm-hmm. too, are about how do you engage the audience. It's mm-hmm. not about what you're feeling. It's about what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of actors feel like, um, and this I'm getting to my opinions about actors. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but a lot of actors feel like um, they really need to feel it, feel the emotion or whatever, mm. um, in order to give a convincing performance. And sometimes that may be true, sometimes not. Um, 
But at the end of the day, if you ask me, and this is just my opinion, I'm not saying this is a general rule, but I feel like it, it just matters so much more what your audience is feeling mm-hmm. than what you are feeling. Mm. I should have silenced my phone. Before yeah, dude, that's it. It's a wrap. I'm a rude guest. Yeah, dude. You're never coming back on. <laughs> I'll never get my <laughs> no, sketch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, cal- we'll get half of it. We'll get it drawn up and never colored in. <laughs> It, it really sucks too, because you were on a great tangent there, honestly, and it was, and, and now I just have to cut you off and not. <laughs> no, right. you've disrespected me. <laughs> disrespected <laughs> you. Uh, well, this episode has been about <laughs> Boy Scouts of America, <laughs> truck drivers, acting, space. Yeah. And, we, oh god. Um, what happened? Just a, we touched? a sprinkle of acting and, and space <laughs> in there. No, dude, that's yeah. that's really cool. That's interesting, because I would honestly. I think that's good. I, I haven't had any education in acting, obviously, as you know, but I, as you also know, I do enjoy it a lot. And uh, I think that's, uh, although I know that's always the goal of a movie, I feel like, and I feel like I'm pr- pretty good at working towards that of like, what is this conveying and how is it going to affect people? Is it going to affect them in the way that I was intending to? Yeah. And it's not always going to, 100%. There's no way of telling. That's the beauty of art in a sense, too, is oh, yeah. you put it out there and it becomes something entirely different. It has effects you didn't know it ever would have. Yeah. But um, I think large for the large part, for people to be convinced that the artists in working on the project are in control of the narrative itself, is you have to be convincing that you're still in the driver's seat and give enough... Somebody had a, I think I talked about this recently. It was Jordan Peele, yeah. He says that you, you have to give just enough in a show to convince people that you know what you're doing and know where it's going, even though they don't know where it's But also be convince them that yeah. they don't, or make them feel like they don't know where it's going so it's not too predictable. Yeah. Um, but I think, I feel like that's something I, sh- I should probably apply because I'm usually, with acting, because whenever I'm doing it, I, I am more concerned with being one being natural especially with film acting is just not overdoing it and just kind of like seeming like a normal person in everyday life that was in this situation itself Mm -hmm. but then the second thing is just is just feeling it i don't feel like i'm often ever even thinking about people watching it as much as i am just thinking about the situation itself but you can't lose sight of that and i i mean you can and i think still be convincing that you're like doing the thing but but i don't think it gives you as much leeway or control as an actor unless you do have that mindset of like remembering that you're entertaining someone. Ian McKellen's great at it. There's a nerd writer video that talks about how Ian McKellen acts with his eyes and it like is a, t- it's just all Lord of the Rings footage. <laughs> <Which is funny. laughs> and it's all about how when he's uh, as him as Gandalf, how aware he is, how self-aware he is of how he's, um, um, appearing on screen and like with the play relative to yeah. the frame itself and like if the camera's pushing in he'll do like a little flutter with his eyes or like a widening or just all sorts yeah. of things with his eyes he doesn't even have to say anything for you to really feel something as someone watching it and uh, I feel like that's probably because he, that's what separates him from a a good actor to a great actor is, is little little things subtleties like that I think I think there's equal parts because there's this like dichotomy to acting. There's this like um, the the natural like inherent ability, skill, the thing that you bring to the table that you have. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, that like determines sort of like the medium where you are most effective. Whether it's like in film or in theater or like the genre of the thing that you're doing or the type of person that you play, um, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. But then also on top of that, there's technique. 
mm. training, skill. You're a technician. You know, like that. There's that's why you can get a college degree in acting is because you can learn how to do it. You know, like it's it's teachable, it's repeatable. There's a system, a formula to it. Mm. And I say that with an asterisk because there are millions of systems and formulas that people subscribe to. Every individual actor has their own individual process and technique. Um, but it, there are like fundamental roots of things that like have been studied uh, to see like what's effective, what works, what doesn't work, what's better acting, what's, you know. Because mm. if you're comparing two actors, you can't necessarily that one's a better actor than the other. But you could make the argument, and some people might shoot me on this, but you could make the argument that one's a better technician than the other. One's just <laughs> <laughs> One's, you know, like training matters. Mm. You can, I believe that you can tell when an actor is more trained than another actor. Of course, though, if you're only noticing how good their training is, then maybe they aren't a good actor because you're thinking about, oh man, they're being a good actor right now, but they're <laughs> yeah. not really embodying this role or whatever. Huh. When do you, have you had moments where you felt like You've had that, not to, that no, you have to name drop anybody, but experiences where it's been like, they're so well trained that I lost sight of and I them think, being a character, playing a character at all to where it stood out and was clear that they were. Yeah, I, I've noticed that, and but I, I can't tell um, if that's a thing that only actors notice because mm. they're looking for them or if general audiences would notice it but not be able to pinpoint it. They're like... I like them, but, like, it felt, I don't know how to describe, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I, I couldn't quite be on board. Like, I, mm -hmm. now that, like, I've found that since I have gotten actor training, I notice and care about things that I didn't notice and care about um, before actor training. When watching plays, watching movies, and in some ways that's a blessing, in some ways that's a curse. You know, I can't watch a whole lot of things without being hypercritical mm -hmm. of it now. Um, in some ways I can because I also get kind of I like to ride the fence on this because in some ways I get kind of not mad not that I care that much but frustrated with other actors performers artists etc um, who only just want to pick apart <laughs> things and I'm like that's not what the audience is experiencing they aren't doing what you're doing so if you're if you are a professional critic or if you're a professional actor or whatever and you go see this piece of art, whether it's a, a piece of theater or a film or whatever, um, and you harshly critique it, put out a bad review, tell people not to go see it, but you're looking at it through the lens of a technician and not through the lens of what an audience member might actually go in and care about or see or not see in it, then you're doing a... a, a an injustice or, or not to be dramatic about it, but like you're not giving an accurate representation of what people are going to feel or experience when they go see it. You know, the average person. Huh. I'd yeah. say. Yeah. If, if your goal is to reach the average person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, that's interesting. Cause I feel like that would be, it's, it's really fascinating to hear that from the perspective of someone on the inside looking out rather than the outside looking in. Cause that's usually, I don't, I, I think that's kind of the gist that people get to as, non-artists as they would consider themselves i guess um with the idea of critics in general they're like well mm -hmm. i don't really care what the critics have to say because they they're it's it's pre it's pretentious to be a critic in in, in, <laughs> in, in uh of it in and of itself which i think is i don't think is true i don't agree with that philosophy necessarily but 
My but bad. I do think there are critics that are just out there, like not that aren't grasping that, and I don't think it's dis. I don't think it's malicious the way that they're doing it necessarily. No, they're they're just being honest about how they feel, but they're losing sight of oh. of what it is they're doing and how and and the point of it. I think it just to some degree of of, of being a voice for um for hum- for people in for general people of what quality. whether or not to buy a ticket. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which is why you have situations in movies that I love, like. A lot of Jim Carrey movies, for example, that are have terrible critic critics, oh, yeah. but make me laugh harder than almost anything I've ever seen, yeah. you know, or just as much as something that has like an incredible critics rating, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, and it's its own. I say like you just really can't compare the two. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 stupid stupid slapsticky mm-hmm. kind of like goofy comedy. You know, like the the Jim Carreys and the Will Ferrells and the you know that that kind of stuff. You you should go into it knowing what you like, with expectations. Mm-hmm. Like I expect it to be this kind of thing. If you go and see uh, 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 like a Nolan film, expecting mm-hmm. it to be like the Three Stooges, you're going to be disappointed. Totally, and vice versa. I and know? I to to um, I guess limit that uh, that statement and as far as how much I agree with it. I think that's absolutely true. But I think it's I think a greater issue is more so the op- opposite of a viewer's. I guess on a viewer's side, I think we've touching on that being an issue of like maybe criticism. I think one of viewers' biggest issues of not being able to broaden their horizons outside of stuff that's easy to watch mm-hmm. and just escape in and be entertained by is that yeah. they have too many expectations going into something and then they end up hating it because they're like, well, that's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I think that's going to be just as destructive to your viewing experience of any any art or experience of art in general whether it's watching something or listening or going to a theater i agree with that um yeah, yeah. good <laughs> i get to stay no i i'm glad you do because i feel like that uh i feel like that is something i think there are issues on both sides which is funny we found yeah. ourselves at this point yeah, and the conversation has gone to this, but I think it does. Well, it, and at it some point, sense. at some point, you have to like reach the uh, the level of is it constructive anymore to talk about it? Like, if something is mm. so subjective, at what level does it stop being constructive to talk about how people should or shouldn't feel or mm-hmm. what people should or shouldn't think about? Right, right. Because then you start to lean the way of the critic, to where you're like you're trying to criticize something that's beyond yourself and you're acting as though it's not um and you can't really i mean i think as an individual you can come closer to objectivity by based on your ability to reason but Mm -hmm. i uh i don't think it's i mean you have uh, the only way you can continue to reason is to admit that to to get close to to reason with light with existence more um thoroughly is to admit that you're limited by your subjectivity. Yeah. And I think that often does become an issue of like, in, in those circumstances, I do largely, I think I do largely agree with like critics because they are willing, they're usually more open-minded in what they're willing to uh, digest. Um, and they'd spend, they're much more committed in, than your average person. But, yeah. um, but I don't think it is fair to, it's not fair to, to yeah, to, 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 to make such, especially when comparing two things to each other. If you're comparing one thing to everything and, like, the grand scheme of it all, that's that's a little different. But to go, like, this this actor is better than that actor or that right. writer is better than this writer, unless they're working in very, very similar fields, then it becomes, like, 
completely pointless to even try to do. And mm-hmm. even at some level, even if they are similar, it's still kind of pointless to do. Um, but, uh, but like you were saying, as far as expectations, I think you should have an expectation for everything that whatever it's trying to be, it should, whatever it's trying to be should be consistent. Yes. And yeah, I, yeah. And that's, that's when it would work And that. Ho- that's when it can work. Like dumb, like dumb and dumber isn't a profound movie in the sense of what it's saying about life, but it is profound in its ability to make you like laugh and it's so hard that you're pushed to tears, you know? And if it can do yeah. that 20 years after it's made, that's pretty, pretty magnificent in my book. I don't, I don't, there's, it's not the fucking Godfather, but well, <laughs> it's not but supposed to be. Thing, it's not trying to be. It's not trying to be, but here's the thing too. There's a formula to that too. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's like a way to do comedy, mm-hmm. just like there's a way to do drama, there's mm-hmm. a way to do high art, there's a way to do low art, and I don't mean high art's better than low art, because like one of the things you learn is like, there's high comedy, low comedy, high brow, low brow, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean one is better, or more, I guess more sophisticated in the traditional sense, sure, but it's, it's two different ways of going about uh, evoking mm-hmm. responses out of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's it to me. Like I, that's I, the main I will goal. go no further in comparing the two forms mm-hmm. of art than that. Mm. You know, because if you, once you start comparing, um, again, uh, I don't know, high high intellectual art and and theater and films mm. and like things that are just like mind fucky crazy uh, compared to. Um, something that you can just leave your mind at the door and just like sit back and watch, uh, I don't know, physical, slapstick, goofy comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once you start comparing them too deeply, it's just, what's the point? You're, you're right. running in circles. You're not going to convince someone of your point of view if they disagree with you yeah. at that point. Yeah, with something like that, yeah, especially because it's, it's not like they disagree with you out of a lack of understanding the true nature of what's going on. It's just, subje- it's purely subjective. It's yeah. a taste thing. And that's, and not to hard segue here, but that mm. goes into like something that we talked about earlier, um, off camera, off mic, mm. um, is, uh, uh, <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought. Just oh, now. you're good, dude. I haven't missed anything. Um, what were we just talking about? Um, <laughs> what did you just say? You said something all, and I had something so brilliant to say. It's so funny because you all—I always remember exactly what it was that I said until someone says, "What did you just say?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I guess yeah. wait a minute, it just evaporated." But we were, we were talking about, um, you know, the point where like you you can't. Uh, oh, the the point where, um, uh, like you know more about something, and like knowing more about something. Um, Oh yeah, what we were saying earlier about the idea, like the uh, related denialism of like ha- the the idea of infinite knowledge and being able yeah. to get like a lot of knowledge and be smarter, but not uh, at the more. The, it's like the idea of the more you know, the 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 more you realize, the less you know. Ah, uh, I love that. I love yeah. that you just said that because that's where I was going to go with this. So now we're segueing into what this conversation is really going to be about. <laughs> <laughs> conversation. Uh, well, I was gonna say just to just to quit write a quick note on that. I'm real. I was thinking as we were speaking that uh, I was starting to. Um, I feel like 
we've already kind of gotten partially to the point, but I think you're going to go so a direction that's like more fitting if I'm if it's something related to the universe, which I'm <laughs> guessing it was based on what we just started talking about knowledge kind in of. the universe. Yeah. Uh, but I think so. I mean, so far we're in in earnest when we've been talking rather than just just shooting the shit. Uh, I mean, we're kind of talking about your philosophy of of I, I really think like science and art are very very intertwined for you, and they are for me in a big yeah. sense too. So I think that's something. That people we're connecting call, over, and your show seemed to be. The the arts and sciences. This is a quote from my one person show. Mm. Um, uh, the uh, the arts show, and sciences are often lumped together in academia. Mm. Like when you get um, a liberal arts degree, um, there's a lot more science in that than like especially in like a university environment than you'd think. Mm. And like we talked earlier about how like. There's a formula to, like, learning how to act. You can teach someone how to be an actor. Like, it's a learnable skill. It's a technical trait. It's, you know, you become a technician. Just like someone who learns how to um, do plumbing becomes a technician. You know, like, you, it's a skill mm. that you learn. Mm -hmm. um, which, which it becomes formulaic. You know, when you, when you add sort of, like, a, a structure to learning it and teaching it and and experimenting with it and finding out what works and what doesn't, it becomes a science. Mm -hmm. Automatically, like that's mm. what science it's is. empirical. Science, science, science is not a philosophy. When people are like, you know, talk about like comparing or like saying like science is a contradiction to philosophy or religion or whatever. No, it's not. Science is not a, a uh, worldview you subscribe to. It's not an abstraction. It's not, yeah, yeah. It's science is just a way of, thinking and I know that sounds contradictory to what I just said uh -huh. but it's 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 just an approach to how you get it's, new information yeah I, maybe not even a, I feel like when people hear way of thinking they automatically think of belief in the sense and they that do. they're like but it's, and I don't mean way think of thinking philosophy. as far as what you should think it's a way of thinking as in how you get new information yeah yeah, yeah. and what you decide to do with the new information is up to you mm. um is it more? Do you think it's more of a way of understanding? Do you think that's an even, or do you think that's not? Does that yeah? Not, does understanding not capture yes, something? Yes, but more then also the asterisk to that is because it's careful. You got to be careful because once you start talking about understanding, mm -hmm. you start to ask the big questions, mm -hmm. and the big questions are great as long as they're propelling you forward and finding out new information. But if you all you sit and do, if all you do is sit and ponder the big questions, like. Why is there existence? Or what am I doing here? What's the point of all you, this? You're not going anywhere. You what, have that circulating, you. racing thoughts, and yeah. that's when you start to become... An... And, and that's when you can become nihilistic. That's yeah. when you can feel small and sad and uh -huh. insignificant. And, and that defeats the point. The whole yeah. point is to acquire more knowledge and more information, not to succumb to the fact that you don't have any. Yeah, yeah. I do think that nihilism gets a bad rap in... Uh, for, I think it, it, people start to attach a bias to it when they adopt it as a system of or philosophy that they stop they study to where they think. This is a paper I, or I actually wrote arguing this in some time in film school. I think it was about Breathless, the Jean Luc Godard movie, mm. um, and it it kind of it, it, the movie itself, as I describe it, kind of discusses pessimistic nihilism, and that's I I tend to think of nihilism. I don't call I don't consider myself a nihilist because I think it's just as arguable that the world has inherent meaning, not necessarily attached to a deity, a specific deity from a specific religion. Mm -hmm. But 
um, that there is inherent meaning by the its its arguable existence itself, just as much as there is that there's no inherent meaning. Yeah. I, but I think I do agree that part of the process is like creating that meaning or finding that meaning, making that meaning. Um, but I think if you are going to whatever for whatever reason, and I mean when a lot of people do find solace in in identifying as something, be able to put a label on themselves uh, for whatever situation, um, there can be optimistic nihilist yeah. because nihilism itself is the idea that there's no inherent belief, meaning not that there is not necessarily it that there mean is no meaning exactly and 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 exactly yeah I'm, which I'm would be glad. an optimistic trait other than rather than going oh fuck it there's no inherent meaning so yeah there's no meaning at all there's no possibility for it ever <laughs> so I, well, they, that's I'm, probably the majority of nihilists yeah that, and i'm glad you brought that up and i'm okay. glad you put okay. it that way because it kind of um, I'll contradict myself a lot. We talked about this earlier. I'll contradict myself in talking a lot. We're all because, hypocrites. Well, uh, yeah, not, not that I... Some like, more than others. Some more than others, for sure. I think a hypocrite is someone who is unaware. Uh, <laughs> I think, mm. uh, like, if you know that you contradict yourself because you're still figuring things out for yourself, that doesn't make you a hypocrite. You're huh. a hypocrite if you try to sell someone something that you don't fully understand or that you uh, don't subscribe to. Well, are or, you doing that when... When you don't realize that, well, in the instance just, where you don't realize you're contradicting yourself, oftentimes you're contradicting yourself in a moment where it takes another a week, month, year to realize you were contradicting yourself. Yeah, maybe. But I guess that's like, that's the thing is if you're someone who's aware enough to be like, self-aware enough to go, okay, I, I, I do contradict myself. If you're able to have that self-realization, then maybe you're overcoming hypocrisy because... I think, I think when you say overcoming hypocrisy, I think that you can, I think everyone at any point in time can just like be hypocritical, you know, in a mm -hmm. moment, like you that just, oh, that was hypocritical, right? but it doesn't make you a hypocrite. Yeah. I think a hypocrite, being a hypocrite involves like a systemic That's fair. problem That's fair. with you or with, with, you know, not yeah. with you as a person, like not saying that, you know, having those tendencies means there's something wrong with you. That's not what I'm saying, but you know. Like, I think, like, being a hypocrite versus sometimes saying or doing hypocritical things, those are two different, you know, that's, mm. those are two different, uh, situations. Yeah, no, that's like doing something stupid compared to being stupid. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Everybody's done something stupid, but Absolutely. it wouldn't be productive to say we're all stupid. Absolutely. But kind of, um, to backtrack half a step, mm. you were talking about, like, optimistic nihilism. Um, earlier, like, when we were talking, uh, I had said, you know, that I identify as an optimist and kind of said, therefore, I'm not a nihilist. Um, but that was me working under the assumption that like nihilism is pessimism. And you're right, it's not. Mm -hmm. So so to correct myself from earlier, which when we were talking off mic, um, uh, there's a philosophy, not that I subscribe to any specific philosopher, mm -hmm. because I think that's kind of like, a way out and yeah. you not thinking for yourself. It's pretty counterproductive too compared to what philosophy is trying to do. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a lot, most people are making a new branch if there, if there is a new branch to, in hopes that it's going to be the, the best, the new best philosophy, you know, if they consider themselves that branch mm -hmm. of philosophy. But I feel like it's, it's the most like scientific belief system that is, does exist because yeah. there are so many, different branches and they kind of are although they take a position from a belief stance they don't necessarily deal in binaries of good and bad as much as religion does 
Um, yeah. But go, what were and you going to say? Yeah, so then that's that's another can of worms. Yeah. Too. We can go in any direction. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Um, Let's make, we'll uh, do this for but, five hours. We'll do but, it midnight. We're good. This will be good. This will be the rambling episode. People <laughs> have nothing better to do with their time. Oh, yeah? Uh, the... Uh, yeah, not that I subscribe necessarily to any one philosopher or philosophy or any, anything like that. Um, and I even do have my own reservations about philosophy. Like, the, mm-hmm. the, I, the, I put it in air quotes just now, philosophy. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so there's um, this man, uh, Alan Watts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of Alan oh, yeah. Watts. Yeah. Um, so he's uh, essentially like a Western guy who adapted Eastern philosophy for the Western world, mm-hmm. essentially. And mid twentieth century popular, there are a lot of actual recordings of his lectures. Mm-hmm. There's one lecture, often used in songs. <laughs> often used in songs. Yeah, I'm talking about closer. the state of nothingness lecture. Um, um or the, might be it. the. But that's what I'm getting at. So uh-huh. he, so he has this lecture, yeah, and he has a number of different lectures. ones that kind of intertwine and talk about some of the same things in different ways or different things entirely. But he has this one lecture or series of lectures or train of thought that talks about nothingness. Um, and that's what nihilism is, you know, like nihilo, it's Latin, it means nothing. Mm. Nihilism, it's about nothing. Um, and he talks about nothingness is, uh, is not something to be, um, uh, uh, every, essentially what he says is like, everything comes from nothing. Like you can't have something without nothing. Mm -hmm. And that sounds very like basic, like, oh wow, second grade philosophy. But like it's, (laughs) sometimes it's good to go back to the basics. Yeah. Yeah. The simple, Um, the most simple things are often the most profound because they have so much context. Yeah. If it's easy for people to jump onto and understand, um, then maybe there, maybe there might be some sort of inherent truth about it, or at least a relatability that just makes it impactful. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, not to get too, too too deep into Wattsian philosophy or anything, but like this uh, this idea of like everything comes from nothing, um, and so like if the opposite of, uh, uh, well, I could really go into this. I'm actually like really trying not to go hard. It's into hard this. not to get overwhelmed when you talk about the talk about these sort of things. It is. You, it is. At and any moment of pause, you start to realize there's like. So many infinite directions you could go. Yeah, and it's me getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, which is stop. Yeah, I know. I was told ah. to do stop. <laughs> yeah, but essentially, okay. before I go in too deep, I'll just re- kind of repeat what I said, which uh-huh. is you can't have something without nothing. Uh-huh. You can't have essentially to make it oversimplified. You can't have life without death. Mm. You can't have consciousness without, uh, you know. Lack of it. Lack of it. Yeah. Mm. Thanks. <laughs> Unconsciousness. Thanks, cameraman. Yeah. Thanks, cameraman. Grace and cameraman Edwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, therefore, be appreciative of nothingness. Uh-huh. Uh, and as Watts would say, it's the most wonderful nothing. Yeah, dude. Oh. <laughs> but I, I highly That's encourage. Good. That might be my up. my new favorite Watts quote. Honestly, I was about to mention my favorite that I've ever. What's your favorite Watts quote? Is uh, two. What is it? To find oneself is like biting one's or biting one's teeth. To try and find oneself is like biting your own teeth. I yeah. think that's what it is. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? That's great. This is just this process. I mean, it's, it doesn't. I'm not even <laughs> to break that down. No, it really is like it puts it. You really. It's it's like how yeah. you like explaining the joke. <laughs> yeah. No, it makes it's it it he, says it right there. One one last thing about Watts, because why not? Mm. Um, if we're talking about his quotes, he, he has, 
<laughs> well, we and we are. And we are. <laughs> uh, he has this really great uh, sort of idea about uh, life being a journey. Um, and, and I equate this a lot to space and physics and like sort of my philosophies about the universe based on like science. Mm -hmm. Um, and he talks about, uh, nature is like art. It's like music. Um, you know, the, the natural, like the way of things, it's like music. Uh, and life is like music mm -hmm. where he says, um, the point of the song is not the end of it. <laughs> you know, like he's, he's the, the point of a piece of music is the whole song. You don't go to a concert just to hear one dramatic crashing chord. Cause that's <laughs> yeah. the end of it. You know, <laughs> you would be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> You'd, and you just it's like, do that one. That's it. Yeah. That's and it's it. like dancing. Mm -hmm. The point of the dance is not to get to the end of the dance. It's to enjoy the dance. And I, I love that. That's kind of sweet yeah, dude, and beautiful. That's and, and, and even though I'm someone who doesn't subscribe to this overall idea of philosophy, I, I like thinking that way. You yeah, know? yeah, totally, dude. I think that's, in my opinion, that's the best way to go about any philosophy or any system of, of, of thinking. I mean, I tend to, at this point in my life, I, out of all the religions I've ever looked into, I think um, Buddhism comes closest because it's the most secular and more spiritual than, than organized. I mean, it gets closer to, I mean, obviously there's plenty of historical moments you can pick out to where it acted as a religion, but sure. I think the point of there being not, no, no deity has largely assisted it in being a more peaceful, consistently peaceful and overall peaceful it's also just not been as large scale as a lot of as other religions, obviously. But I think that the, as far as the what it says in its in its teachings, mm -hmm. um, it has the most it has the most to pull from it um, um, in 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 the sense of of uh, of of how to live a life in a, in a better way, both for other people and for yourself. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that I, I like that you that you do try to qualify. I know I do the same thing. I get over overwhelmed with like making sure I'm qualifying things enough. But I think <laughs> yeah. that's it's a better it's a better even though that can bog you down in getting your point out sometimes. I think um, it is it's a better trait to have than to not have because then you you do a better job then of you being sound, open to other things. Yeah, you open to more things when you when you don't constantly think about qualifying yourself. Not that you should constantly think about mm -hmm. qualifying yourself, but if you don't then you end up sounding too confident about things that you you don't really understand. Yeah, you become an absolutist, I think, a lot of times. If yeah. you say that I'm an nihilist or an existentialist. Like or, yeah, 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 exactly. It, it, it limits you to that perspective. And I think yeah. that, that unfortunately, in aligning yourself that way is limiting you from so many other perspectives, yeah. which has been the biggest beauty of all of it, opening, opening up a mind, your, my mind to that, is that you realize you don't really need to choose that one branch of philosophy because all of them have very interesting things that, that, yeah. uh, that, um, are involved or, or there's, there have been interesting thinkers that have aligned themselves with, with them. But, uh, do you know yeah. what the Dunning Kruger effect is? Huh. So there's probably some viewer out there will tell me like, that's not exactly where it says, but <laughs> essentially what the Dunning Kruger effect is in essence, in my bastardization of the quote or whatever, <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> is uh, the more you learn about something, the more you know about something, the less inclined you are to proclaim yourself an expert. <laughs> 
So there are people who like take one college class about uh, about I don't know physics or whatever, and then think they're a physicist. <laughs> like, I know all this shit. And then you talk to like Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, for example, or even like Stephen Hawking, rest in peace, um, uh, and ask them like, you know you must know a lot about the universe or whatever. And they'd be like, I don't know anything. Because, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson himself would say, like, science is the frontier of knowledge. Scientists stand on the line between what is known and unknown. And if you look back on what is known, you can kind of see all the way back to the beginning. But if you look forward into what is unknown, you see no end. And so if you are standing on that line, you'll see that. Hmm. If you're standing back in this, uh, you know, pool of, of knowledge that... You're somewhere along the way and, you know, you're not necessarily on the frontier, but you've taken that one college class and all of a sudden think you're the expert. Uh, you know, you're, you're less inclined to notice that you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think that was an eloquent way of putting that. Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> great. That, I think that it helps. That's some, that'll be something I, I think about a lot after this because I, I, I can understand the the... the I mean, it's pre it takes a lot of arrogance to go, I'm an expert on something and, after and one class. But oftentimes people can come across that way without even saying they're an expert. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes to, like, someone listening to us right now, for example, to talk about religion, philosophy, all these things that we're not experts on, they may be like, well, these guys seem pretentious acting like they do know something. But at yeah. I think that's what's important is if you are, you can have an active interest in these things and keep going, but you have to be able to, if you have to respect it enough as they do that, after that much experience, you go, I, I, I know some things. I know more than I did before, but that still is, like, nothing yeah. compared to what there could exactly. there is to possibly be known. If you, and that's the thing, too. So another way of putting it, this Dunning-Kruger effect, is um, if you know a lot about something, you'll kind of speak less confidently about it. Like, I always, and this could be a bad trait of mine, I don't know, but I always get a little wary when someone speaks to me a little too confidently about something, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And when I say too confidently, I mean to the point where I think, wow, they maybe don't know what they're talking about. Mm. Or maybe they have this great idea formed on one set of information, but they haven't thought about another set of information. Mm. And they're speaking so confidently about it. Here's what's dangerous, though. People tend to gravitate toward the confident speakers because they're the ones who seem like they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so you have to strike that balance of like, how do I let people know that I know more than the other guy without seeming cocky about it, or without seeming overconfident about it, and also not tricking myself into thinking that I know more than I really know. Yeah. Because then you're depriving yourself of the possibility of learning more, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. you're no longer on the frontier. Yeah. You're no longer on that cutting edge. Yeah, dude. That's crazy. And that's, and that's, we can, and then that's, that's a, a jumping point where we could either continue to talk about science uh -huh. or we could talk about politics. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I feel like. Don't I feel like not a desperate man. <laughs> we started, we started talking about the Boy Scouts of America uh -huh. and now we're here. So now, and now we've come to this. <laughs> We did make our way back to religion somehow. We did make our way back to religion, but that's the thing. So he, here's the thing, too. Um, I had this really great uh, math teacher in uh -huh. high school. You've told me about him before. I did I really? I think so. Um, uh, it's funny how much he actually impacted my life. Um, but he... I thought I was really good at math for a long time. Um, I was in a public school system that uh, I was, like, one of the accelerated, advanced you know, students or whatever. But then I got to this 
private school, uh, I'm not saying, if you're in a public school, I'm not saying you had a bad ed education or whatever. I'm just saying in my experience, I didn't realize I had a lackluster education until I got to this school oh, wow. that kicked my ass oh, wow. and showed me that I was bad at math. <laughs> um, and for the first couple years, like I thought I was king shit of fuck mountain and could do geometry like a, uh, like a bitch. Um, you were in my, a good way. You'll um, love this, the return of this quote. You were, you were, my ass is king, man. My ass is king. Oh my god, that's a throwback. <laughs> but, <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. Uh, but anyway, so what I'm saying is I got proven wrong. And like I didn't really know what I was doing. And it got to the point where I was just way in over my head. And I opted to take this remedial sort of math class. Mm. And it gave me the opportunity to work with this teacher who I never learned from before and thank God I did because he told me he said okay you're approaching all of it wrong he's like you gotta look for the similarities in math and I'm using this as a trite arbitrary example but in math he's like things are more similar than they are different find where problems are the same to other problems or where solutions are the same to other solutions and you'll sort of narrow your your view into uh, and I mean in a good way, not like narrowing your view, but sort of narrowing this giant pool of information that you think you need into just logical, critical thinking skills. Hmm. Um, and that's not an exact quote, that's not exactly how he said it, but that's essentially what, what it led to. And I became a hell of a lot better at math. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I'm getting at is, I think you can look at religion, philosophy, math, art, science, politics, insert any other topic, subject, whatever. And if you know more about one of those things, it can help you in applying it to the other things. Mm -hmm. And there's a naive way of going about that where you say like, you know, where it's like, oh, all knowledge is just applicable. Like, no. Like, you know, there are specialists and there are people who, who just know more and know better about certain things. Mm. But um, I genuinely believe, like, the reason that our conversation has been able to jump so much in all these random, seemingly random, I'll say seemingly random different topics, is uh, because there's connection. Mm. There's ways that one person might not know exactly what you're talking about, but then you put it in the lens of what they understand, and then all of a sudden, ah, their logic is on the same page as your logic. Yeah, man. Their, their rationale is the same as yours. They just didn't use the same lens that you did initially. Mm. Um, and the lens being the topic of conversation, you mm. know, the, the subject itself. Uh, so I think it is important, um, <laughs> to, to, uh, not that this is the point that I was getting at, but like to give people the benefit of the doubt, they might understand better than you think they understand. Mm. They just haven't thought about it in the lens that you've thought about it before mm -hmm. because they don't necessarily care that much about astrophysics or care that much about theater or care that much about Watsian or or whatever other kinds of philosophies there are. But they do know about politics, or they do know about this, um, about art history, or, or they're a great mathematical mind, or whatever. And if you start speaking in their terms, um, then maybe you'll actually be on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, dude. That's absolutely true.
I think that's a, that, that captures the essence of why I don't want to make people just come on here and talk about... That's why, like, when we were talk, we were trying to figure out what to talk about. I like doing this better, even though it is seemingly random. Yeah. It's more natural, because it's what... It's, there's never been a point in this conversation where we've talked about something that we weren't both interested in, I don't feel like. And I don't feel like I've had a moment like that in the podcast yet. And I feel like that's because people don't feel like they're being forced to be one thing. You know, they're not just... And everybody has something they're passionate about oftentimes, but how much have you, to, to be, I feel like it puts a certain amount of pressure and it, it, it also limits people from being the, the fullness of what they are to be like, okay, you're, I know you're an acting major. Get on here. Tell me what you know. What do you really know about acting? What do you, <laughs> what the fuck do you know about acting? You better know something because you've been doing it. And you the, know, the conversation becomes one-sided Yeah, because you have one person who I'll put in quotes for the mic and saying that I'm putting in quotes who knows what they're talking about. And then one person who in quotes doesn't know what they're talking about uh -huh. and is like playing like the fool for the <laughs> audience perspective so that like the audience gets the answers that they want from the expert, yeah. you know, quote unquote expert. Um, and then you start getting questions like, what was your process uh, during this play? <laughs> what, 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 did, what did you, what did you feel? What did you go through? What did you do to prepare? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the the sort of the cliche, uh -huh. the cliche questions that don't really get you answers that you care about. Right. Or, yeah, I mean, like, I find that people, uh, people are more than willing to talk about just freaking anything mm. if you just, like, give them a chance. Yeah, dude. You know? And they're more than willing to listen, too, if you give them an environment to be comfortable. Bo both are both, both people listening and um, talking are willing to do that if you give them an environment where they feel comfortable enough to to be able to say anything, even in the ability to be wrong, even, uh, yeah. and, and uh, ex just express themselves genuinely, yeah. you know, and I think that makes for all the more interesting conversation. That's why you don't necessarily have to be an expert to talk about things you're interested in, um, but you definitely, uh, you definitely have to be closer to an expert to be, you really, I mean, that's the thing, it's like being a celebrity, or, or, or you come to the point where it's like, if you're really that famous, or you're that much of an expert, you don't have to say it, other people are saying it for you, you yeah. know, and which can <laughs> cause problems as well, but, yeah, but I sure. think that's like, that's, of course they wouldn't call, a lot of the people wouldn't call themselves experts, and of course people sound pretentious when they've only taken one class, and they call themselves one, because it's like, how could you be like mm -hmm. what it doesn't like why why do you want to be really is like i think an important question to ask too is like what 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 does that even mean and what 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 is to be gained of that is it the, is it the right do you have the right intention if that's something you're striving to to be is uh, is above people but is it, it is also complicated because you're also expected as a person to constantly to be become a better version of yourself you yeah know? so it's hard to become better and to see that, to get results and be like, I'm becoming a much better person than I used to be and not have your ego swell. But that's the balance you have to find is to get better and continue dissolving your ego day in yeah. and day out. And, and yeah, that really is the struggle. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you kind of you nailed it. And sometimes you think that you're doing a really good job of checking your ego, but then you come to like learn or realize, happened to a friend of mine, not me, yeah, uh, that, you never you know, have any issues with that. No, never. <laughs> never. Uh, but then you come to realize that people, 
that the like the word about you is that you do have an ego problem mm. simply because you speak so matter-of-factly about things mm. um, because you think that you know better yeah um, and you may know better than a former version of yourself does but like knowing better just in general knowing better than everyone else or just like that concept of knowing better breeds ego <laughs> mm -hmm. and that also just becomes poor rhetoric and people don't want to listen to what you have to say even if you are right yeah because they don't want to give you the smug satisfaction of being right that's true unless you're so well established already yeah unless people just genuinely know yeah. what you have to say but that's when you've already got the power to where you can start doing that yes but yeah nobody's nobody's gonna listen if no one's already listening no one's gonna start listening if they feel that way about you yeah yeah, dude, I think that's, I mean, that's the hard, that's one of the hardest parts of trying to get, even if it wasn't your friend, if it was you, you were talking about there, Nick, it's okay. <laughs> hypothetically, if it was me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. hypothetically, if it was you, hypothetically, if, if I wanted more people to listen to this podcast than actually are, which I don't, <laughs> I want less people to listen to, than are now. <laughs> no, I think that's, that's the hard part of trying to grow something that you care about is to do it without people thinking you're doing it for the wrong reasons or because yeah. you're trying to seem like you're you're above them rather than you're just trying to have genuine interactions and a genuine experience that's making us all feel it's contri contributing to the, the to the stew that's going to we're all going to feast on you know yeah. it's going to make us feel better about this this I, whole existence of for the good and the bad I think if you keep the open conversation mm. um like what we've had you know tonight is mm. just an open conversation that went every number, you know, of ways, mm. um, people will just be engaged. They just want to participate in the conversation. Yeah. You yeah. know? It doesn't matter um, what you talked about, really. No. As and, long as it's something that, can, that they feel a part of. That they feel a part of. And, and someone can feel a part of it by um, just allowing the conversation to be, to go wherever it goes. Right, dude. You I know? mean, that's the, even if no one were going to listen, if, if we were literally recording this as a relic for us to listen to as... As uh, old people, as old men, when to look we, back when on. We eventually know better, and uh, <laughs> these young idiots talking yeah. into a microphone. <laughs> yeah, when microphones are obsolete by that point, <laughs> when we've transcended our our individuality and are uploaded into the to the ether. <laughs> we could talk about that in a later episode too. Yeah, we're gonna need more than an hour for that one. Yeah, but no, that's awesome, dude. Um, this has been this has been really cool. What I was gonna say out oh, there is that um. Uh, that would that would have to exist on a level of just two people as well, and that's why this is felt, even if it has in every conversation. I mean, as a podcast, you often feel, or anything you're recording, you feel like you have to sit down and get to get to the point. And that feels that way often when I ask people, like, "What topic do you want to talk about?" I'm trying to make them feel like it, pick something that they're interested in that we can actually make sense of in thir in thirty minutes to an hour, uh -huh. but also that gives them feel makes them feel liberated, you know, to say whatever they're thinking and not have to be too, yeah. put too much pressure to sit down and be like, okay, I have to make a point here that people can t digest and walk away from and put into a into a sentence of like this was the the, the thematic statement of this Find of the this bucket. Yeah, exactly. It's like, ah, and we've wrapped up perfectly. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think that ever will happen. I don't think I think it's better not to have that happen because you get more genuine experiences like this and you get more of an honest conversation where people feel they don't feel ostracized or uncomfortable at some point to be like I have to talk. I have to yeah. keep talking about and, about this certain thing. And you as, don't beat a dead horse that way either. Yeah, and as Watts would say, it's not about the destination; it's about the journey. 
Mm. Indeed. Talk about a button. There you go. There you go. That that was the thematic statement. That I was the button about <laughs> how there shouldn't be a button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, the paradox. It's well. it's proving true over and over. <laughs> oh man. Well, I think honestly, that is. Unless you haven't, I don't even know how long we've been going. Probably about an hour. But yeah. I think. Hour, that's, Hour. hour and 35 seconds? And I think we're about to say an hour and 30 minutes. I was about to oh. like... Whoa. No, we're right over. We're right over an hour. All right. Nice. I want to do a longer episode sometime. We should do one. I don't know yeah, if anyone do will ever listen to it, but it's just like for our own... Because there's more things I want to talk about. I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a sign of a, of a good conversation friendship. Exactly. To all the other ones. exactly. And, we can, the niche. and we can keep talking. I know you have to be up early, but we can keep talking after this if you want to hang. Yeah, sure. Or you can, you can, you can dip and cut it off very... <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut, just sever the arm right yeah, now. That's it. All right, we're off mic. We're not friends anymore. <laughs> yeah, we can stop <laughs> pretending. And we're we've been acting, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. I think I don't know what I'm gonna title this one, but that'll be fun to pon- pontificate. You can entitle it uh, the journey. The journey. Hey, you're the first guest to try and uh. Try and label the episode. We'll see if it happens. You're welcome. Or not. I'm coming for your job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll get your logo made. We'll next, unannounced it next down. week. It'll just be me and that chair. <laughs> You're nowhere. Yes, you should still identify. You should just claim my identity. You can steal. I'll give you my social. We can make this a whole thing. You can steal my identity. It'll be a Perfect. hoot. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Hell thanks, yeah, man. man. Thanks absolutely. Thank on. you so much That's for coming. Good. You're one of my favorite people, Nick Martin. I'm glad you could... Uh, appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Fuck you, Nick Martin. Oh, Boo, that was that <laughs> We could have had a moment. I know. We could have had a moment, That man. was
got the answer, no Nobody's got the answer, no Just quit on life, but I'm trying.